This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, and welcome back to another episode of Goals and Growth with myself, Modukai, and Pete. Good to see you, Pete. Kia How are you? I'm good in yourself. This will, this will be our first time getting back into it after lockdown. <laughs> it is, and it, when we're really looking forward to sharing some, some insights to you about the subject of goals and growth, but about others helping or hurting? Can others help or hinder our goal achievements? Yes, because as the common adage says that no human is an island, so we interact with others one way or the other, so it applies with goals as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. Now, I was just thinking, is there any goal that you can do entirely yourself where You'd never need anyone's help or assistance. I can't <laughs> say. I can definitely say no, but I can't think of any such example. I, I think there's varying degrees of input from other people, but I, I'd, I'd like to think all goals require. I was thinking of one: self-awareness, understanding ourselves, and then I thought. Yeah, that's not going to work because actually from my recent study of self-awareness, there's a hugely important component of actually having others tell us what we're like because often if we're navel-gazing, if we're constantly, I mean, you were talking about this as, as far as reflecting, we're just in our own bubble, in our own heads kind of thing. We have a slightly distorted, some things are really clear to us, and, and other people don't know what's going on inside their head. But a lot of how we're perceived by others, we might think other people perceive us a certain way, but we might be completely wrong. As I think I've told you about that recently. I think I've shared one of the um, uh, an app where you can actually find out anonymously what other people think of you and realise, <laughs> oh my goodness, people look at me entirely differently to what I um, to what I thought of myself. So even for self awareness, yeah. You actually need feedback, obviously honest feedback from other people to help you, um, you know, have that all-round clarity. And, and, and I think that's important, especially in relation to goals as well, because the, um, the people who you get to help you have to, have to, seek, have to gain that, pers- that same perspective that you have and see what your vision is as well. Absolutely. And that, of course, goes back to understanding <laughs> clearly what you're trying to achieve and yes. how you're going to achieve it. And, you know, maybe, we're, let's face it, we're always learning. So there's opportunities for us to go, um, that's not really working very well. Maybe I'll change tack as far as ha- the how, or maybe even that that goal is maybe too low, too high, or just the wrong wall we're trying to climb on. So yeah. maybe we're actually, it's appropriate for us to have some flexibility there, isn't it? Mm. Definitely. 
Yeah. So when it comes to helping others, one thing that there's been quite a bit of controversy about is sharing our goal with others. Back in the day, it was a case of, and I'm talking about I don't know, 20 years ago, let's say, the common advice was share with a friend. It's all good. Sharing it with a friend means it's going to be really helpful to you and it will help you help to achieve the goal. However, about 10 years ago, roughly, there was some research done and they went, no, actually, typically, if you're offloading your goal, it, that's what it seemed, to friends, workmates and so on, that typically it actually demotivated you. Mm. Can you can you sort of give me a reason why that might be the case? I, I think it, if people don't understand what you're trying to do or I think it it starts with the people that you're sharing them with mm -hmm. because you definitely expose yourself to jealousy or in some yeah. cases tall poppy syndrome. Mm -hmm. But also if people don't understand what you're trying to do as well, though what can be intended as constructive criticism can be misconstrued as as attacks as well, which goes yeah. back to that self-awareness piece as well. I think there's a couple of different factors, but I'd say that the main factors would be that you'd want to have the right people, people who you respect their opinion and are well, actually even like you <laughs> mm. and want to see you succeed as opposed to sharing it with everyone because not everyone might want yeah. that for you as well. What, what, what are your thoughts? I've got something, and I, I don't disagree with that, I've got something in addition to that, and I'm just looking at my, <laughs> my own sort of experiences, and you're aware of this about my talk about writing books in the past. Yeah, I've got this book idea, blah, 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 so I've shared it with, you know, with friends and family, and nothing's happened. It's almost, and I've reflected on that, and it's almost as if, well, I've shared it with someone. It's yeah. almost as if half the job's been done and they didn't hold my feet to the fire, as it were, going, you said <laughs> you were going to... Because normally I, I, I didn't do it the smart way, you know, specific, measurable, uh, achievable, you know, yeah. realistic and time-bound. I didn't do that, which is a, you know, your typical recommended way for, for goal achievement. So... There's been some more recent research, and like so many things, it all depends. So the recent research in the last few years is that sharing a goal can help with goal attainment with others if you share with someone of higher status, someone you admire, someone, it might be a boss, for example, it might be some person that you think very highly of yeah. or look up to. And if that's the case, it actually is a motivator, not yeah. a demotivator. So if it's just family and friends and they love you, they'll love you whether you achieve it or not. And it says, oh, it's just Mother Guy. Oh, it's just Pete. Yeah. He, he's always talking about that, but never achieved it. He's still a lovely person. That <laughs> <laughs> will leave him alone. Won't give him a hard time about it. Whereas those people, you're wanting to look good. 
yes. to them. You're not wanting to let them down. There's much more skin in the game, I suppose, yeah. from that perspective. It, it comes back to that accountability part as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Because if you're, for instance, wanting to run this marathon and then that's your goal and you talk to someone who's run a few marathons, mm-hmm. then they've got the experience and they're more likely to help guide you. And then, you know, you, you are held accountable to the sort of steps that you have to take mm-hmm. to get you along there as well. I can see that. And it actually goes back to your to the point you mentioned before that I think we can have an inherent expectation as humans that when we share our goals with people, the moment I put it out into the world, it, it'll start to make me accountable. So therefore, it'll push me towards make, making it happen, which might not always be the case depending again depending on who you're sharing that goal Mm. with as well it's a bit of a tangent but it kind of reminds me of the secret now there's a book that came out mm, about 14 15 years ago and i don't want to i don't (laughs) want to dismiss it by any means but positive thinking will make it happen and i guess i'm sort of considering that this is part of that positive thinking. If I'm talking about it, therefore it will happen. Yes. Unfortunately, that's typically not enough. And in fact, it there's can There's a few more ingredients in the there's middle. A, there's a, there's <laughs> quite a few more. Now, commitment devices. We were talking about that as being kind of a commitment device. So it's like mm. that public pledge, if you will, and people will give you a hard time or you'll lose face or lose status or lose something that's important to you. you. You'll feel pain, if you will, some sort of psychological or physical pain if you if you don't achieve what you've promised. Yeah. And going back to the, the book writing, I've started the book, another book this one's going to be different and do you (laughs) yeah right and do you know why because dear old friend of mine i've made a commitment to him and i won't tell you exactly what the commitment is but it's a painful one if i don't achieve (laughs) so by christmas Eve 2021, I need the draft of the book finished, which is not going to be an easy thing. I don't want to give myself a lot of time. It's only three months or so. And if I don't achieve it, then a person I really don't have much respect for at all, I have to say that I love that person publicly and admire that person and offer a hundred dollars to a charity of that person's choice. I don't know if Donald Trump does. <laughs> so, so it's something that I have, you know, if I don't, then it's, I'm going to really feel very un- intensely uncomfortable with myself. I'm going to be really, really upset with myself. And also people are going to go, people are going to laugh at me. Yeah. That there's going to be a degree of derision. I didn't think you, you know, <laughs> I didn't think you really liked that person, all that sort of thing. So as far as a hard commitment, that's one of the harder commitments that people can make for themselves. Yeah. And there's some extreme ones, and there's been books by Navy SEALs and you know the special forces people, and so they've talked about how they went through Hell Week or Hell Month or some form of their basic training. It was tensely 
challenging physically, mentally, no sleep, a million miles. I have to go you know, like climb Everest and then all sorts of things. No, I'm, I'm just exaggerating. <gasps> well, it's probably not an exaggeration. <laughs> but during that period of time, some of them are saying that they're either going to get through it or they're going to die. That's mm. kind of like their commitment to themselves. They have such an intense commitment that it, they really are putting their, what seems like their life on the line. Yeah. That, that this will be incredibly challenging. This is so important to me that I'm prepared to risk a very great deal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, hey, you, you made a commitment to run 165 <laughs> kilometers. I mean, who does that? Well, um, I can relate to that on a personal in terms of um, any goals that I've set and have accomplished. I've sought out the advice of people who have experience or have done something before me that, that I also want to achieve. And yeah, the, the 100 miles was, a, was an example of that. I um, spoke to friends who have dared to take on similar challenges as well. And that that also held me accountable because they were checking in. They're like, so how are you going on with that thing? You know, yep. once I signed up as well, it was like, well, you know, I've got to, I've got to be there, mm-hmm. enter the race, for yep. the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, they're all, that you know, talk about sunk costs, more and more investment mm. in this goal, in this commitment. So what we can look at now are some of the roadblocks or discouragements that people can have from others that make it more difficult to achieve. (laughs) You can say COVID's one of them, (laughs) for example, for some people at least. There may be opportunities, actually. It may be a kind of a booster. But anyway, we'll start with the roadblocks and discouragements. Legislation can be one where... The law just simply doesn't allow people to do what they wanted to do. And if you think back, if you look at the goal of same-sex marriage, yeah. for example, 20 years ago, it's a good it just, you know, legally it wasn't, it just wasn't just allowed. Just couldn't do it, yeah. Uh, and if you talk about, if you think about the legal rights of gay people, mm. Not much further, not much longer ago than that. Um, back in, I think it was back in the 1980s, if, if I'm uh, not incorrect. They didn't have legal status. No. And if, in, in fact, even further longer ago, it was illegal. Um, not only was it not legal, it was illegal, and you could actually go to jail. And if you think of women Women's having suffrage, the yeah. right to vote, New Zealand, of course, is a bit of an outlier. The first, I think, the first country before the uh, in the nineteenth century to to allow women to vote. But you know, what about the yeah. <laughs> goodness knows how how long before then? And so many countries, even just recently, unable to vote. Talking about Afghanistan, because who knows yeah. what's going to happen there? But unlikely for women to be able to vote there. So we've got lots of legal barriers, people's progress to their goal achievement. We've also got cultural norms and taboos that can prevent people from achieving uh, goals. We've got 
racism, sexism. You see, uh, you see a lot ageism. of that. You see a lot of that with um, goals that are firsts of something. So exactly. If, if, yeah. a, if a woman sets out to become the first whatever it is, it's culturally the glass ceiling. Yeah, about. and that can be handled really like it's never been done before. Mm-hmm. There's no, the imagination cannot comprehend a 12 year old becoming a president or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so there's lots and lots of opportunity. I mean, and I think that's one of the Hillary Clinton would say that because she's a woman is because she lost the election in yeah. to 2016, for example, and America still it's the beacon of so much as far as liberty and rights and so on and yeah. so forth. And yet, it is one of the few countries in the Western world that has not had. A, a woman president or maybe maybe actually there's quite a few probably but uh, yeah. I'm actually thinking of, of western countries about, I don't think, don't think Canada has no, but Britain so. has uh, of course with Margaret Thatcher uh, Australia has, New Zealand's had a number of, uh, of women prime ministers currently have a woman prime minister yeah. for example, uh, lots of other countries goodness me, Pakistan for goodness sake yeah. Which you would think, well, you know, it's a, it's a Muslim country. There wouldn't be a female uh, prime minister. Of course, Benazir Bhutto was in Bangladesh, another Muslim country. Uh, India, of course, the largest democracy has had Indira Gandhi. So anyway, there's a number of exceptions to that. But yes, really, really difficult for for that to be achieved if either legally it's not allowed or culturally, people just, it's just not accepted no. in, in society. Okay, so, and there's another one. We were mentioning it just before, poverty. Yes, that's, again, just the, the overarching theme with those barriers is, I guess, in, in the worlds that you exist in, like, it comes down to kind of probabilities, I guess, is how people see it. Like, okay, you want to become, if we go back to um, gay marriage, for instance, the people who were advocating for those things. At the time, it was noble goal, but it was like, what are the parameters around this? This is the law, and how do you overcome that? And yeah, poverty is another great example as well, where I think we were talking before about you have two kids with the same aspirations of becoming a doctor, but one has one has grown up in poverty and one has grown up in affluence, their probabilities of achieving those goals dramatically skew one way. Yeah, exactly. So you've got one who's grown up in a family, perhaps single parent family, housing uh, opportunities. The, the, the mother has to work, for example. Mm. Um, a lot of the time, there's not the resources, not the money, not the time, and mm. so on and so forth. Not the examples mother wasn't able to finish high school, for example, yeah. didn't have a university degree or that, whereas the affluent one, both the professionals, one's already a doctor, the uncle's a doctor or something like this, and there's lots of resources available to yes. provide that person with a lot of opportunities mm. and the encouragement and motivation and so on and so forth, the help to, uh, to achieve that goal. So the challenge for the person from the, the poor backgrounds is vastly greater in some instances yeah. than the 
challenge. I mean, they, they both have to see, achieve, you would assume, the same level of education, uh, skill and yeah. competence. But actually their starting points and the their the boosting that each of them have are sort of like vastly different. Yeah. So that's on the, we don't want to, don't want to spend too much on the, <laughs> on, the, on the difficulty side, but on the boosting side, can you give me an example or two on the helping side? We kind of mentioned some of that uh, as far as on the affluent point of view, but also what, what else? For yeah, on the, on, the, on the helping side, I think, like you mentioned, those people can hold you positively accountable, whether it's... Mm -hmm checking in on you saying hey so pete have you gotten started on that book um <laughs> do you need help with this oh i can get you in touch with someone who does copywriting or anything yep. like that and again going back to having the right people around you whether you have a goal of wanting to learn how to play the guitar or something and then people checking in on you there um saying hey i came across this great deal on guitar picks or something like that yeah and that it's also positive it becomes positive reinforcement as well as opposed to like hey you're gonna the carrot of the stick sort mm -hmm. of thing and i suppose either still works told the same way but it helps to um, nudge things along and i think those small nudges when you in hindsight when you look back after however long you're like wow those nudges have actually pushed have ended up turning into a push Absolutely. I nudge is an excellent word to use because there's a number of governments that have set up what they call nudge units. Uh, back in the day, it was actually the, there was a book for, uh, by Richard Thaler, who's a, I think he's an economist, he's a Nobel Prize winner, back in 2008. And as a result of that, the British government set up nudge units to encourage people to pay taxes and things like this. And mm. rather than those carrots and sticks yeah or big carrots big sticks sort of thing huge sticks you'll be in prison if you don't pay your taxes and things like this have subtle changes to make it easier to pay to being scared into it yeah rather yeah. than being scared and so to make things easier more appealing and and not doing it a little bit less appealing and those subtle changes but interesting you should mention that about being in a high performance culture so if, if you're surrounded by people who are excelling you are more likely to excel you're more likely to feel that dare i say social tension to, to some extent thinking yeah. well i don't want to be this person who does nothing in comparison with them you know yeah. it might, it might, so you're going to be nudged or encouraged even if other people aren't telling you you know you're a failure if you don't do what i do you're going to feel the motivation, the push, the, or the pull to be like them. You're going yeah. to see them as being motivating examples often. You're not going to want to let them down necessarily. And when you're mentioning about friends, helping, removing the distractions. Yeah, that's a good you know, one. Deliberately, <laughs> uh, you're hiding, hiding the cookies and things like that, or not buying them in the first place. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, but your partner, for example, look, I know that you love that, that I'm Haagen-Dazs ice cream or something like this, but I'm sorry, I didn't buy it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not going to be good for your health. Kind of I thing. thought about it. I saw it. Uh -huh. 
<laughs> and I'm telling you now that it did. I did not forget it. I chose not to do it. <laughs> chose not to buy it. Now, if you really, really want to go down to the shop, <laughs> then you're going to have to do it yourself. Yeah, exactly. So what other things have we got? Oh, the opinions. Oh, yes. Well, that's... The opinions of others can help or hinder, can't they? Yes, and I think also how we absorb those opinions as well. Yeah. Because feedback is always an interesting one because as much as some people might like to say that they they love getting feedback, not always in that moment. In the moment when someone is telling you this is a horrible idea, you need to do this, 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 you might not always appreciate it in that moment, but True. upon reflection, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. that was that was good. And then, of course, there are also some opinions which are just not constructive at all and just really just holding you back. Yeah, I think realistic from a caring perspective, uh, it may be a little brutal at the, at the time, but actually on reflection, you go, actually, you were right. <laughs> I guess learning to disseminate between those opinions, understanding the place in which they're coming from, which it's, it's a whole communication thing, mm. I guess to be able to read that. And really, as well, it's about the scope of the goal. So many require absolutely essential to be to involve other people. We mentioned before about climate change. Well, hello. You know, <laughs> okay, one person is going to make a minuscule difference. But usually people are going, no, I need other people to change. I need to influence them in some way, if it's family or a group or a nation or the world, I need them to change. So I need to influence them. How can I best influence them? And I was sharing something before about conservatives and liberals. Yes. Okay. Can you remember what what that was or yeah i think it was was about promotion focus and prevention or prevention focus for conservatives promotion focus for uh for liberals yeah well climate change is probably a great example of that because um as something where you've identified you need the help of others or you need to get the buy-in from different groups is understanding how you communicate the goal and get that buy-in so when we talked about if you're wanting to get that from conservative people of a conservative mindset you'd want to present it in a preventative sort of way to show them that what's at stake and whereas if you're wanting to present it to a more liberal mindseted person then you want to present them with the the opportunity for overall sort of gain I guess. Mm, Exactly so one's about from a prevention point of view minimizing loss. Yes. You'll lose less or you won't lose anything at all if you make this change. Yes. For the liberal, you are maximizing gain. These changes will maximize what you want to achieve. So mm. the goal ultimately is, you know, from a climate change point of view, is the same. But depending on who you're talking to will depend on what the messaging is. You know, that, yeah. that seems pretty reasonable, doesn't, isn't it? Yes, 100%. So that's our show. We're running out of time. That's our show for today. Thank you so much. There's so much in, involved in this subject, couldn't this be? The helping and hindrance of others. Yeah, wow. We flew, that pretty, we flew that pretty quick. But yeah, always the, I guess the biggest takeaway is to consider the stakeholders and the goals that you're trying to achieve. But thanks once again, Pete, and it was great to see you. 
and pleasure aroha nui to everyone stay safe and we'll see you next time namihi namihi